0: Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. bros and i'm lindsey Schaefer, and
1: this is movie virgins a weekly discussion of our first times with movies each week one of us is re-watching the film and the other is
0: seeing it for the first time and this week we watched uh, a very new relatively new movie from 2019 whoa i don't know the red sea diving resort it's a Netflix – I believe it's a Netflix original. It's been on Netflix the whole time. I don't know that it's an original.
1: They bought it for sure. Did they buy it? Yeah. I, mean, I it like yeah. they bought it and then they served it up to the public
0: on their platform. In my mind, that's a Netflix original. I don't give a fuck who pays for what. If I can only find it on Netflix, that makes it original. Okay. So, anyway. Um, I saw this movie uh, pretty much when it first came out. Okay. So, I – I, I think I caught like the trailer when they first released it on Netflix and thought, "That's right up my alley." I, I mean, it's it's history. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's spy thriller intrigue. Mm. It's Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. I it had it all. Um, I, I'm not going to say that. At any point, I thought this was a great, great movie. I I think there are better ones out there if we're talking about, um, I guess, sort of international thrillers um, and historical docudramas, if you will.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, But I do think that it is a good movie. It's a good watch. It's entertaining. And it taught me about a mission, an op that I had no idea occurred. Um, and I believe that all of, of the information actually about these operations, because they went on from like '79 to '85, and then there were a couple more in the '90s. Um, I believe that a lot of that information had been classified up until just a few years ago. Oh, so I felt a little bit—I felt a little bit better about not knowing anything about this. Not that I would say that I'm necessarily super well acquainted with Mossad. Um, and their their history but I do feel like I know a decent amount and just had no clue but it is it's a fascinating story and I do think an important one and um, it really is ripe for, for making a movie I, I mean obviously it's a dramatized fictionalized mm. account but how could you not make a film about rescuing Ethiopian Jews you know through <laughs> through the sudan um by setting up a fake hotel which Mossad had this hotel operating for years it's just it it is i do think definitely one of those instances of the truth is stranger than fiction um and it worked thousands of people out there. yeah thousands um, of people right yeah, yeah. There, and again, it stretched over a much longer period of time than what the movie showed. And there were many more people involved. The U.S. was involved with once you get into like Operation Joshua. Um, but I think it did a good job of still telling the story uh, in a tight way. Like, I'm okay with the fact that they kind of condensed it all down a little bit. Because at the very least, they got this this crazy amazing story out there. Um so yeah, I, I, I guess it, the first time I saw it, I was definitely into it. I was entertained. I, I think sometimes you do have I'm a huge kind of nerd for history movies anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes. And <laughs> uh war movies and spy and any anyway, but and i I admit like there are things that I watch that a lot of people get really bored by. So I don't get bored easily if it's an interesting topic. That being said, I still, I don't feel like this movie would be boring for anyone. I mean, I do think that they did a good job of interjecting some humor at times. They you did. Know, there's not a ton of action, but they still throw in some action. Um, you got eye candy, if that's all you're in it for. Naked <laughs> like, men. lots, right? and lots of, Not lots and lots, but just enough of naked men. Like, yeah, it, it has... Pretty much anything that you need without going overboard and making it purely about um, the actors and and that kind of big budget. Obviously, it's not a big budget movie, but it didn't make it into kind of that kind of nasty big budget stuff whilst losing sight of the actual story. I think there was a good melding of it for the most part.
1: I don't want to discredit the story because I think it's a really important piece of history and... I'm glad that it was, I mean, I don't know if I'm glad it was told in this way. I did find it boring kind of in the middle there after they opened the resort and uh, they started to lose me. I actually went, this is awful. I, because uh, in the beginning I was thinking one of these agents is going to die and that's going to be really fucking depressing. So why I, you just assume that? <laughs> I just assumed it. You liked the movie enough to pick it, so I figured some really awful shit was gonna happen. But but like hundreds
0: of refugees dying. That's not enough depressing that's, stuff. You well, wanted one of the You wanted one of the white people to die. That's what I you're did. saying? I did. Um but no, but so then I went and
1: I was like, Okay I didn't spoil myself, but I did look at the... There was only, like, four pieces of trivia on IMDb. And after reading that, I thought, okay, hopefully nobody dies. And then, and I think maybe I did spoil myself on the... I think I did go to Wikipedia and spoil myself on the plot. Because I was kind of stressing out about whether people were going to die or not. Which is funny Can because... you just sit there, turn off your fucking phone, and just but, watch a damn movie? But that's because I... But that's because it was boring
0: me. And... and, and No, I, it's not. No, no, no. Yes, it is. No. It is. No. It is. Bored. Because... Because... We just had this discussion about prisoners just a couple weeks ago, and how you spoiled yourself with that, and that had nothing to do with boredom. Just you,
1: but not during the movie. Normally, like I'm trying to be good and like watch the movie, but I I got distracted and because I was bored of it. And and so what? What was
0: boring? Sorry,
1: I I just
0: I think it it could have been shorter. I do think there's stuff that they could have cut out. Yeah, and. That it was a. uh, So I get that it was a spy movie, but I guess I
1: felt like the more interesting story. Yeah, sure, it was interesting that they had this diving resort and then actual tourists showed up and they had to do yoga classes and (laughs) diving (laughs) lessons. Um, But I felt that the more interesting story was Cabade's story. Is that how you say his name? And also, um, the guy, Chris Chalk, played him. Colonel Abdel Ahmed. Um those characters I was most interested in and I felt like I didn't get enough of them and I was frustrated cuz like at the end of the movie or kind of towards the end um when Chris Evans' character Ari is telling Kabede, like you need to go with this group and Kabede's is like no this is my family and this is uh, this is this is it like I this is I have to t- do this. Um and his passion. And I'm not saying that Ari wasn't passionate. He obviously was, but I was way more interested in the people in Sudan and the people in Ethiopia and what was happening and how they must have felt and their stories. And I guess I was just frustrated that it was I know it was about the, the mission and the people who ran the mission. I got that. But I felt like it would have been a lot more compelling if we'd have gotten to see more of the the other
0: folks. I want to see the movie, which of course there isn't one, but yeah. I want to see the movie about Beta uh, Israel about Ethiopian Jews. I want to see that movie a lot, and I do think it would be far more interesting and intriguing. Um, you can tell, yeah, from the get go, what this movie is. It, and I saw a lot of reviews from like dipshits. The white But That yeah, exactly. It's the and it's propaganda and whatnot. That's not what it is. It's just written from the perspective of. Of Israel,
1: yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, that's yes. yes. That's what it comes down to, you know. It's we're the ones who um, put on this mission and and tried to help save these people and and it's a little whitewashed. I I hate using the term whitewashed. I I think it's historical revisionist revisionist history. That's really what it is because. Let's be real. There was a long period of time. So uh, the Beta Israel, um, the Ethiopian Jews, they were cut off from Judaism for hundreds and hundreds, a thousand, around a thousand years, Mm -hmm. cut off from kind of mainstream Judaism. So the Judaism that they practice is very different. And there was a lot of tension um, before all of this happened as to whether or not they should really be considered Jews. Yeah. So you know, from the from the get-go in this movie, we have everyone in Mossad, we have everyone, the prime minister as well, yeah. you know, everyone is saying we have to, these are our people and we have to help them. When in reality, there was a big chunk of time where there was a lot of discussion going on as to whether or not they were even worthy of help. And the reality is, great that they went in and they saved these people and got them out of uh, of Ethiopia during a time of civil war and famine, which was interesting that, you know, they kind of talked about the civil war, but they didn't really talk about the main reason why everyone fled to these camps in the Sudan, which really was famine. Um, and when a famine's going on in a country, guess what happens? Everybody fucking dies. Yeah. And Ethiopia is predominantly Christian, And nobody went in to help the Christians. That didn't happen. So, I mean, there are, From a historical perspective, there are a lot of things that weren't mentioned, um, things that weren't discussed or touched on at all. Because it was a shiny, they they shined it up and made it pretty and made it Hollywood. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I said in the beginning that I wouldn't say that this was a great movie. Um, I think what it did well was it brought a single wonderful story to the masses. And I think you can tell that this movie is more so for the masses. You know it what I is. mean? Like the, having some of that humor and having some of the eye candy yeah. and having having that interim moment of, um, you know, let's talk about how we're going to turn this place into a diving resort and, and doing yoga and all of this other stuff, which I do think it works in the movie. I think somebody... One of the reviews I read, somebody had mentioned it being kind of schizophrenic, which first of all is a shit thing to say. That's the kind of that's the kind of person who goes, I cleaned up my whole bedroom because I'm OCD. Hmm. No, he, he's fucking retard. Anyway, which I followed up with saying, yes, retard, uh-huh. cause I'm an asshole. Yeah, yeah. I get mm-hmm. it. I'm just the same as an asshole. Um <laughs>
1: The same as in, you're asshole adjacent.
0: I'm asshole adjacent. <laughs> but the point <laughs> is, is I, I understand what what they meant in terms of, you know, we, we go from um, a time of real strife mm-hmm. and wanting to get in and, and save these people who were dying. And they really didn't touch on the fact that they were dying other than having one woman who, for whatever reason, spoke English, which made no sense. let They may well have spoken Hebrew, so it would have made perfect sense for her to speak Hebrew to them. But anyway... One random woman who speaks English for yeah. no apparent reason says that her, her father just died. And then Ari's oh, like, oh, her yeah. husband
1: is sick. And yeah, yeah. People are dying. Listen. Her husband is missing. Her child is sick. Yeah.
0: Thousands I, of people died on the journey from Ethiopia to Sudan. Yeah, And many more died in those camps. And we're not really getting that. But I do like the fact that I, I think when they cut it up with the kind of odd juxtaposition of the day-to-day of running a resort. Yes. I I feel like that was it was interesting, but I I also do feel like it's it's necessary for the movie because let's that's what they did deal with day to day. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they might go at night, you know, a few times a month. It's not like they were doing these these missions every single day. Right. So the majority of their time they were diving instructors and waiters and waitresses and you know, cleaning rooms and shit.
1: So the very beginning
0: when it opens up you
1: see them getting them like on this long walk which was very uh the parallels between that and and moses leading people through the desert like or it wasn't fucking moses no it wasn't (laughs) my who was it my bible history
0: is a little yeah um you know, so, that guy back in the day, there was like a... The part of the Red Sea. There was what, some sea that he parted or something? <laughs> I don't know. There, was he like... Didn't he come around in a basket when he was a baby? When he was a baby, he was in the reeds. <laughs> right. Anyway, Moses. The fucking worst. Um, fucking
1: Look, I figured it out. Anyway, <laughs> so you, you see them making this trip, and then they find the bus where everyone has been killed, and the woman who has been brutalized and... And then they're crossing this river, and I-, I thought
0: all of that was so compelling. And um, forget the With part With the where- exception of just prior to that, when Chris Evans is the one who goes and rescues a little boy, <laughs> that, that was like the white savior. <laughs> that I was do definitely feel like- the- Well, I mean, we open... Me. We see him doing push-ups in a truck bed when he first shows up, so we you open... know what's interesting, though, is I... I, I saw a lot of people kind of bitched about that. They were like, oh, they're just using an excuse for like, why is Chris Evans doing push-ups and pull-ups and stuff? I actually saw that as being part of the character. Yeah, I, yeah. I honestly just I, kind of saw yeah. that as here's this guy who he needs to just constantly be moving and yeah. doing something. So I didn't have a problem with that uh, as far as how it fit into the movie. But I did have <laughs> a problem with the fact that he has no idea who this child even is or where he is. But he's going to be the one who's going to run it. He's be the one
1: who runs. And, and then Kibeta is like, you're crazy. You know that? So anyway, he, we meet him, and he's doing push-ups in a truck. But it, but all of that, like, that, where they're crossing the river, and it's just, it's scary. And they're so tired, and this woman is walking back. And then she just lets go. Mm-hmm. She just lets herself go into the water. And it's heartbreaking, but also so real. And I... That that got me. I was like, I'm in. I'm in. And then it turns into this. I'm going to build a team of super spies. And we're yeah. going to have fun on this airplane where this flight attendant is just, like, grabbing the pilot by the balls. Which Haley Bennett, here for it, loved her music and lyrics as the. Uh, have you seen music and lyrics with uh, Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore? Barrymore? And she's, yeah. like, the, the kind of pop star who's really into this, like. Like karma, like Indian like aesthetic. It's very cheesy and silly, but it's a fun movie. Um, it's actually probably one of my favorite uh Hugh Grant movies. Aside yeah, from I sens- barely sens- Sensibility as the winner, but she's great in that. Um she was and I'm but my favorite of the agents was not the Hoisman character. Michelle <laughs> um it was Max. The sniper. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: liked him a lot. Um, I thought but he. But was... you don't get to see much of him. I think that was that was the only thing is you know you're introduced to him as this uh, kind of quirky guy, and then he just kind of fades into the background. That's,
1: I would argue we don't get a lot of of any characters really. It's really frustrating. I felt like the person who I understood the most and saw the and, for the little amount that I saw him was Ben Kingsley because that man. Good God, he's an incredible actor. But I
0: didn't think, like, all of the stuff with... Um, I think you get a lot with uh, Alessandro... The Inola? Doctor.
1: Sam. He plays yeah. Sam, the Doctor.
0: Yeah. But you do, but... but that's the only kind of characterization, I, I
1: think, really get, yeah. very force-fed, the Chris Evans character. Um, at like, oh, go home to your family. Well, so she left. How's your wife? She left me. Like, it's all very kind of, come on.
0: <laughs> I love <a> stereotypes. <laughs> love love the part at the end when he, his wife sends him a drawing and he unfolds <laughs> the drawing and he's in it and I just started laughing I was like oh honey no that's not you that's her new daddy <laughs> like you've been gone for over a year no that little talk you had with her about
1: <laughs> why it's so important and you know i think he probably like you get a little snippet again it's force-fed to you where he's talking to Haley bennett's character about his he was adopted by a new yorker and then he came back because his mom was in the excess or whatever but that would have been really interesting to get more of and i feel like it was just very clunkily done and and (laughs) it's just like kind of like forced on us and it's like here i gotta get some of this out let's get some of this exposition out Ah. And then Greg Kinnear shows up, and I'm like,
0: "Who the fucking fuck is Greg Kinnear in this movie?" I couldn't figure out who he was. Did you? Not, he, you didn't know from the beginning that he was no, CIA? No, until. Oh, Let me tell I, you something. If you see an American in Sudan, he's fucking CIA. <laughs> who <laughs> else is gonna be there?
1: <laughs> I don't know. And then I was like, "Are there any movies in Africa that aren't just super depressing?" Like fuck.
0: Probably, but I would argue not ones that deal with war and famine at, you it know, gave at
1: me. I was getting a little bit of a last king of Scotland vibe which I couldn't even finish because it was so depressing I only stayed long enough to see McAvoy's ass and then I'm like I'm out yeah. they chopped up the lady
0: and I'm like I'm done that that movie is great and and I think that's that's what I'm getting at, too, when I say, like, this movie was not great. It was, I think it did what it set out to do. It yeah. did its job of, you know, again, bringing a, a great story to the masses and introducing them to it and kind of hopefully keeping, I guess it didn't keep you totally interested, but I think it it balanced that overall pretty well. But there are some other movies um, that deal with very different things, but yeah. I feel like they're in that same vein that are just great. And I would say Last King of Scotland is tops of that list mm. um fuck Don Cheadle um
1: oh Hotel Rwanda
0: Hotel Rwanda I haven't seen it my so sister was like Leah you have to see that. I'm like I can't watch it it's I so can't. good I, it, I mean it's it is incredibly difficult to watch but it should be it damn well should be
1: maybe that's where they were going with the schizophrenic comment because it feels like you could have a Hotel Rwanda or a Last King of Scotland and instead you give me spy thriller and I'm kind of giddy with, oh, they're saving people and it's funny and it's cute. And that's not what this movie, did it need to be that? Like, did they have to do that with it?
0: I, I guess it comes back to what the filmmakers wanted it to be and what their perspective was. So if their perspective is from the side of the Mossad agents, they weren't They weren't exactly hanging out in refugee camps. They weren't really seeing what was happening. Their job was to go in there and set up this hotel, this fake hotel, and smuggle people out. And that was what they did. And I think you you got um, a very small amount um, with Kebebe of them trying to give some perspective for the Ethiopians. Um, but it was very limited, and I, I think I think it was done just because that wasn't that wasn't the perspective that they were operating off of. And you right. can argue all day long about which perspective it should have come from. Like I said, I want to see the movie all about uh, Beta Israel. I want to see that movie, and I want to know where they are now because I know that a lot of Ethiopian Jews in Israel are severely discriminated against right now. Uh. You know that they fled their country and their home which incidentally had been their home for thousands of years it's not as though they were I, I mean you could argue that yes they were displaced with within the diaspora but the diaspora has been in place for again thousands of years at this point um, so it's not as though they were displaced for just simply decades we're talking about leaving an ancestral home yeah. to go back to, to go to the Holy land, which of course is where you believe spiritually you should be. And you ought to be in, and, and, you know, it's your entire, all of these generations, your entire family, everything has led you there only to be somewhat displaced once you've arrived as well.
1: The, the clips they played, At the very end, like, kind of over the credits or under the credits or after -hmm. or whatever, I thought were really nice to see the people who were part of the real story. Um, Yeah. Because is Ari – was it – what was his name? Ari Levinson, I want to say.
0: It was – yes, Ari Levinson. Ari Levinson. Is he a real person? No, I don't don't believe it. I'm pretty sure everyone was fictionalized.
1: Yeah. I mean, they could have done – they could have – found the real like had the real people and really and instead i they, i don't i mean you don't think yeah so? i
0: think that that would have been nice i don't know if they could have because we are talking again about about massad i mean that's like saying we could have found this the real cia agent no oh, <laughs> no that's fair. not how history fair, works. fair 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 um, yeah um it's but i mean i'm sure there were some people who were involved who it's known that they were involved but you know. yeah. but also like i said this all of these operations went on for several years. So there were many, many, many people involved. So if you feel like we didn't get a whole lot of characterization from the handful that ended up in this movie, like imagine if there were dozens more who came and went over the years too. So I get why they did that.
1: Maybe they tried to cram too much in there. I just, it it felt like dueling movies a little bit. Um, I think, you know, I do think that, um, Chris Chalk's character, I can't get over him. I just think he's so great. And I haven't seen him in too much stuff, but whenever he shows up, I'm like, this guy. Um, I don't
0: know him.
1: He was in 12 Years a Slave. I, I think what I know him from, and I'm probably going to sound like an asshole when I say this, is the newsroom. Oh, um, uh, yeah.
0: I never yeah, actually saw
1: that. Yeah. And he was in Homeland, too. But anyway, he's been in a lot of other stuff. But um, his character in this one, Colonel... Abdel Ahmed, he felt a little cartoonish at times, like the scene where he's playing the guitar, and they get called out because they realize that something's going down. I was like, but I just, he's, I don't think he's crazy. I think he's just intent on doing his job, and Mm -hmm. he's also a little bit of a dick,
0: uh, or a lot of a dick. Understand, also, all of these people are interlopers. I mean, these people came into his country
1: mm-hmm.
0: and are breaking the law in his country and are, yes. you know, doing things that he's 100% certain are international intrigue, you know, again, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I get his perspective, of course. I think, I think probably my favorite
1: parts were that very beginning where you see them making the, traveling into Sudan on foot, crossing that river, and then I also really like the dinner where he is at the resort and there it's very kind of, you know, but it's, it's, it's serious. That is not a funny or I don't know. It's not even about fun or fun or funny. It's, it's serious shit. And I felt like the tone of the movie had it been that way the entire time, I would have felt better or differently or, if yeah, it, it at some points the tone felt kind of off to me. Like when he's building the team, they could have had it be. Like, I've seen movies that are serious with a little bits of of comedy in them, um, but I feel like, so, like, I, when they meet with the, they go to the Ministry of Tourism or whatever, and they have to pay for the resort, and the guy says, it's going to be 500 grand, and he's like, well, I thought we agreed to 250, and then he says, well, how about I give you three, and you can take the extra, and... That, I think, is an appropriate kind of humor for this kind of movie because it's in a setting of very it's very serious, and the guy is being real. Um, or even when they're going through customs or was it customs when they're trying to get in the country originally, and like the very first part where they're trying to get in the country and they've got their passports and um it's Jack Wolf or Jake Wolf, but it's Heisman's character. Heisman, however you say his name, his <laughs> character gets pulled aside and he comes out and they're like, what do they want? And he's like, money. And I, yeah. it was funny when he said that, too, because I was like, I understand this. I had a friend who lived in Africa for five years in Senegal. And there was a lot of that kind of like you get pulled over, you just pay the police so that you right. don't get a ticket. Um, the other thing that kind of struck me as I was watching it um Israel, Jerusalem, I've always wanted to go there. And it reminded me of this St. Paddy's Day week. Uh, we went to Saint, the St. Patrick's Day parade in Dogtown. It was like my friend's sister's boyfriend's friend's house. That's how it works, right? So you can be down by the parade. And it was my friend's sister Ellen had gone on a trip to Jerusalem and to visit Bethlehem and all these places. And she, we, I was just shit canned, probably more drunk than I've been in a very long time. And she's telling me about all these things that she saw and where they went. And like, she starts to tear up and then I start to tear up and I still dream of going to see those places.
0: You um, told me, that I know I we said were we going. were going
1: to go. I know. And then, and well, we're not going to go now because well, we're going to, I'm,
0: I'm fucking going to go. I I mean, am I going to go next month? No, (laughs) (laughs) no,
1: but no, no, I want to go. And it was because she knows people there now and she knows guides there. And and she's, you know, she's um, really good with making connections and stuff because she went with a group of people. And um, but I would love to see that place. Mm -hmm. And that this movie made me think of that, Um,
0: even though I don't believe anything was
1: shot there. (laughs) Oh, oh, no, I think this was I did see that they were they filmed some of it in South Africa, which makes sense. Um, the shots on, I don't know where that, where they were on the coast. It was really beautiful. Mm, and probably super shark infested. Probably. Yes. Full of sharks. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: Um, so, you know, I, is it a great story? And I'm glad, am I glad it's being told? Yes. Is it what I would hope that it would have been? Uh, no. Yeah. It could have been a lot better. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, I, I wonder why Chris Evans,
0: Ended up how he ended up in this movie. He's such a big star. You know what's weird too is I I, I imagine he probably ended up in the movie because he probably was attracted to the story. I, I mean mm-hmm. I'm speculating, but I would think it's an attractive story and he probably wanted to tell it. I I love him. I do, and he looks fucking amazing in this movie. You think so? Like yeah, I definitely do. <laughs> but. I'm sorry, brah. I do not buy you as an Israeli. I know. All. Well, no, because he's you American. are like, he so was raised in America. Yeah, no, but he's, that dude is like fucking Irish Catholic. Come on. <laughs> that, I mean, so he got a tan, but you're still, you're <laughs> still a 70s haircut. super, you're still a super white boy. So, I, uh... sorry. And I, I mean, maybe that's just being judgmental because obviously we all come in all different, Shades and sizes and and whatnot, but it's strange to me. I feel like of everyone in Hollywood, <laughs> he's like the least or Most one way. of the yeah. least Jewish people I can think of. <laughs> who could Here, you? Who would you have cast instead? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that this was a super complex character. I think a lot of people could have probably done it. He um.
1: I did a little bit of a Chris Evans double double feature last night before I watched this. I watched so not another I, teen movie.
0: No on I, the exact opposite. <laughs> I watched I watched this and then I watched the final episode of Defending Jacob. Oh god. Which was hard to watch. Like that was that was really hard to watch. Um, in a good way. I, I mean it, it was it was a really good show. <laughs> but you went the exact opposite way. Of going just super look, campy.
1: Look, not another teen movie is a good. It's a good movie. It's they they kind of hit on all of them. You know, she's all that. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Sixteen Candles. Like she's watching. It, it's they go to John Hughes
0: High School. They're the mascot is the Wasps. You don't just uh, think that's too much. I just no, I totally. get that. I think All it's the, too much. I, it feels fun. so heavy handed to me. It's so fun. Um, Jamie, what's her name? Is it? Jamie Presley. Jamie is
1: incredible in this movie. Um, bring it on. It's already been brought in. Um, it's, it's it's so much fun. And I just never, it's never not entertaining to me. I just love it. And at the end, when he chases her into the airport, like, so the, his name is Jake Wyler. And he chases Jamie Briggs to the airport because she's. On her she's going to art school in Paris or whatever, and then uh, the flight attendant ends up being Molly Ringwald, and she gives them this lecture about how it's all dumb shit and they need to stop it and get their heads out of their asses.
0: But then they, they still have their heads in their asses. It's adorable. I have seen bits and pieces of it, but I don't think I've ever actually watched it all the way through. Or if I have, it's been totally forgotten. Cause... But you, but you've seen you've
1: seen at least stills of Chris Evans in a whipped cream bikini.
0: Yeah, and I I mean it's been on television over the last, you know, decade or whatever. So I know I've seen some bits and pieces. Like I I remember Jamie Presley was in it. Yeah. But I don't think that I've actually sat down and really watched Rand- it. Randy Quaid as the crazy dad is probably
1: the best part of the movie. Like he <laughs> drops the kids off at school and he's like, "Hey, I'm supposed to pick, I know I'm supposed to pick you up this afternoon, kids, but uh I'm probably gonna be really drunk, and she's like, "Oh, well, that's good. You're not gonna drink and drive." He's like, "Oh no, I'll be driving around. I'm just gonna be so shit can. I'm not gonna remember to come get you." <laughs> like, <laughs> that's fair. He's being honest. <laughs> it's a great movie. Um, so that I watched that before I watched this, um, and I, I really thought that this was gonna be. It was. It was sad, but it wasn't as dark as I I thought it would be.
0: No, it, it really wasn't. Um, and. you know I I like my movies dark so that's why when I was when I was saying in the beginning like I feel like this really uh, moved in the entertainment in there too like yeah this was this was an entertaining movie about a serious subject as opposed Mm -hmm. to an actual serious good movie about a serious subject I I mean (laughs) you're you're laughing (laughs) Uh, but it's it's true you know this this was like i said just a way to introduce people to stuff i think um do you want to talk about the cast though because i feel like you know when i when i was saying this is something for the masses i think part of it is it's the casting too aside from chris evans obviously i do have a question about chris evans though sure
1: could he play a villain has he ever played a villain
0: Probably, I Nothing comes to mind. I feel
1: but like he's always the guy who saves the day. He's Captain America. He's the guy in Snowpiercer. Um, he's saving the day in this movie. He kind of, sort of saves the day in not another teen movie.
0: I mean, those are only a few things. Uh, let's see I don't, what else I there's. I don't been. know. If he can be a villain. I think he could be. I think he's. I mean, we talked about this. Uh, I guess it was in the Snowpiercer episode. I know we talked about. Whether he's a good actor or he's just kind of a superhero. I and I, think I do he think he's a good, a good actor. actor. I think, yeah, yeah, I think he could do it. Um, would he's he? Sure? No, Knives Out. Have you seen Knives Out? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, Knives yeah. Out. Okay. And honestly, I think I
1: enjoy him more in that than I do in this other kind of movie where he's.
0: I, I like gifted. him to be kind of. The... Gifted was also. He's not a perfect guy. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's trying really hard and I think he's a good guy at heart, but there are things in watching gifted. There were things about that character that were not great, you know, like mm-hmm. he had some really selfish moments and rightfully. So I think it was a, a really well-crafted character, um, but he certainly wasn't a captain America, save the day kind of guy. I I, like- yeah. I can't, I totally forgot about because mm-hmm. it's so brand new. Uh, but well, not- Madden, what's your number. He's kind
1: of a, a roguish like ladies man and i also i liked him in push i've said that before but um scott pilgrim versus the world he's one, of the, he's, he's one of the exes one of the evil exes
0: yeah he was like at the very definition of a villain <laughs> I know.
1: but a fun villain i mean like actually somebody doing some evil shit was like a had vegan power who was the vegan he might have been the vegan <laughs> that was great <laughs> that is an incredible that is an incredible movie
0: oh it's so fucking weird and awesome i love it yeah
1: it's got some great, it, that has a great, speaking of great casts. Yeah. That one has an incredible cast. So looking at this movie, I already mentioned Chris Chalk, who I think is great. Um, I, You know, Michael Heisman, we talked about him with The Invitation. I think he's very fun to look at, and I think he's a good actor.
0: I think, yeah, I think he does a good job. I don't think there was anyone cast in this who's a bad actor. No. I, I just don't think it all, like you said, it, it didn't really all come together. Yeah. Um but I think they cast some good people.
1: Haley, I, Haley Bennett. So I was kind of talking about her in that um, dumb romantic comedy, Music and Lyrics, but she's in a film that's just been released in 2019 that I am dying to see and have yet to watch, Swallow.
0: Oh, yeah, that's in my queue. But yeah, yeah I haven't done. Uh,
1: no, I for sure want to see that shit. That the only intense. thing I
0: remember her from is the Magnificent Seven, the the remake, which I loved. I uh-huh. mean, it's not it's not good per se but i no. loved it did, i did not like that at all i thought it was i don't dumb. get you because
1: you have a th- you don't like denzel either right it's a, you keep saying i don't like him
0: it's not because I, I feel like, like
1: you you know what i like denzel in the movie with him and john goodman where the evil spirit
0: well yeah fallen
1: that yeah no that's an incredible favorite. movie but i'm not like like i like i've seen the equalizer and i was like this is dumb um I was never kind of like Denzel's but, amazing. Uh, he is amazing. He's an incredible actor. Glory,
0: uh, yeah, Glory. But that's American only... Gangster. Yeah, I've seen American Gangster. It's pretty good. Uh, Training Day. Mm. I think I've seen it, but I don't really care about it. that. Has Ethan Hawke in it, right? Yeah, Training Day is one of one of my favorites. Mm. Oh, so good.
1: But anyway, um, yeah, I don't not like him. I'm just not. Wow, it's, it's just not not for me um so yeah Haley bennett i think is great um who the guy who played the doctor sammy alessandro nivola i yeah don't, i recognize him
0: yeah, but, but you I, don't know what from is no, that what you're told? apparently he was in face off <laughs> <Jurassic> <laughs> <Part III. laughs> he's definitely been in a, a handful of things but um Oh, fuck, What is the name of it? the 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 one that I always go back to, <laughs> even though I can't think of the name. Junebug. Junebug, right? Junebug. Is that him? Maybe I'm not even thinking of it.
1: I don't know. I, I what is what is Junebug? Who is in it? I see it. yeah, he's he's somebody named George. That has Amy Adams.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You like that um, movie? It has Amy Adams. I'm shocked. I know, I'm not a huge Amy Adams fan. No, I love that movie. I think it's great. Oh, okay. And he's he's kind of the straight guy in it. Um so okay. it's basically about his he brings his I, b- I believe she's his pregnant girlfriend. No, I'm sorry. He she's actually um the other guy's girlfriend. It's been years since I've seen it even though it's a great movie. <laughs> but it's basically about his weird ass family. Like he comes home to his weird ass family and it's there's some comedy in there but it's actually a really beautiful heartfelt story with amy adams with amy adams yeah i know i uh i don't i i don't think she's terrible i just don't care for her she was great in junebug though she was i will say
1: that so ben kingsley so the last thing i saw ben kingsley in was a clip from gandhi that we watched during that seminar at work and i couldn't figure out who he was and you're like it's ben
0: kingsley bitch how do you not know that (laughs) And I actually watched Gandhi again a few months ago. Oh, you did. Yeah, Leah, history, history, acting, history, hours and hours and hours uh. long movie. <laughs> that's that's my my thing. The last thing I saw him in though uh, was Operation Finale. Interestingly enough, another Mossad related movie.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yes. Um, it was. Uh, it was good. He was, he was Adolf Eichmann, which was a bit of a departure, I suppose you could say, for him. But he did imbue the character quite well. But I don't feel like the movie itself really came together as well as it could have. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of it. There were parts that were great and parts that were not so great. I also... Oscar Isaac, yes. uh, whom I love... I had a really hard time there again buying him as a Mossad agent. Uh, really? Yeah. I I kind of get. It. I feel like yeah. It was that was. I buy it. Uh, tough for me. Um, the absolute lack of Hebrew being spoken in any <laughs> of these movies is it's kind of a bit much. But uh, I mean Ben Kingsley, he's one of those who. He's so good. He is so good, and yet he does have a lot of not great movies. Like I, I do feel like he is one of those who, you know, when I see him, I think to myself, "Ah, oh, it's Ben Kingsley. He's great." But I never think to myself when I see him, "Oh, now this movie's gonna be great." He's not. He's not one of those.
1: <laughs> he's not signaling to you that. So Greg Kinnear, like the um, when I think of Greg Kinnear, I think of two movies: As Good as It Gets, sure. and Baby Mama. And honestly, that's all I need from him.
0: What about the one where, was it Dear dear God? It was a Dear God, wasn't I've it? I've never seen that. When he was, like, He's was answering he, I mean, letters. he was a postal worker? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, answering? yeah. He He's like, answering people's letters as God. For whatever reason, I'm not saying it was a good movie. I barely even remember it. But for whatever reason, it really stands out for me when I think of Greg. <laughs> when
1: you think of Greg Kinnear. It's
0: very strange.
1: He's, I mean, As Good As It Gets is a wonderful movie. And, um... Yeah. I've seen it many, many times. And then, uh, but yeah, Baby Mama is entertaining to me. Entertaining is all get out.
0: Oh, we were talking, we we talked about Titanic uh, not too long ago. Yeah. Titanic and As Good As It Gets were up against each other in the Oscar. Like you get that, right? That, that fucking movie about a boat and Jack Rose, Jack Rose, Jack Rose. For someone who cares. As As Gets? Come on. For someone who cares so much
1: about history, yeah. you're really nope. down on
0: Titanic. Because that was not about Titanic. That was about Jack and Rose. <laughs> it was it was you know, ridiculous. It's a great movie. I it's guess maybe maybe great. it's similar. Maybe it's similar to Red Sea Diving Resort in that it what it did was introduce people to this
1: the story. <laughs> yeah. The story. I do love I do love it on the internet when people are like they don't know how it ends. Or they realize that Titanic is it was a, a true story, like an historical event?
0: Yeah. People are so – I was about to say dumb, but – I mean, people are dumb. Let's be real. But people are very uh, ignorant and uneducated, and it's amazing mm-hmm. to me. I was watching I, – I, I told you I was watching this the other day, the HBO Sports documentary about the um, mountain biker who yeah, broke his back and was paralyzed. It? You said it
1: was Uh, awful and I should watch it.
0: Yeah, uh, it's something like. Any one of us. Yes, any one of us. It's great. It it really is great. But they're talking to, it's mostly his story, but as they go through it, they're also talking to other paraplegics. And there were a couple of uh, technical quadriplegics as well as they were going. So people who've had serious spinal cord injuries, they were kind of um, interspersing parts of their stories along with it. And there were, I think there were at least two or three people who, now granted, I believe they were fairly young when they had their accidents, like some of them were teenagers or early 20s, but mm-hmm. there was at least, there were at least two people who said something to the effect of, I thought every time I saw somebody in a wheelchair, I just thought they were born that way. I didn't know that you could become, Are you fucking kidding that you me? could become paralyzed. How can you, how can you be alive and not know that you can, Become paralyzed. Can you imagine can, you imagine? can you imagine living in a world? To me. Like, can you imagine living
1: in a world where you can't get that hurt, Lindsay? That, no, that that's what I just... thought
0: too. I was like, what? What must it be like to be you? <laughs> I shit you not. When I was twelve years old, I was a hundred percent convinced that I was at that time dying of cancer. Jesus Christ and granted I'm way like batshit crazy on the spectrum I get that but how can you not be aware of these of these things and granted that's those are kinds of things that like you should know you should hear through the grapevine Mm -hmm. (laughs) that kind of thing can happen so maybe I'll give you a little bit of a pass with I'm not going to give you a pass with the Titanic though that's a pretty damn big historical event that you really should know about. Dumbass. Yeah, that's great. That's nuts.
1: So <laughs> anyway, yeah, people people are ignorant. It's it's funny too because you you told me you were watching that. And what was I watching? I was binging all three Back to the Future movies. I didn't do it all in one night. I kind of did it over the course of three nights.
0: But I really enjoyed myself. We have very different... Dynamics. I, <laughs> that night, I watched the most recent episode of What We Do in the Shadows uh-huh. because it's the best thing on television right now. And then I went straight into hour and a half of learning how to walk again. Um, and it was, but I mean, it, it really is a very good documentary. It, he, he, he in particular, and really everyone who who is speaking, but of course, like I said, it's mostly about him. He walks you through things that, people don't talk about. Yeah. Um, again, I think it's I, I think it's pretty dumb that anybody, even as a teenager, th- didn't realize that spinal cord injuries existed or <laughs> would result in potential paralysis. But um, I, I absolutely understand people not knowing or understanding or being able to comprehend what all it entails. And the way that he walked us through his recovery, um and and, in the end, he's still he was able to take a handful of steps unassisted, which is amazing.
1: yeah,
0: um, and he can ride a bike, but he's never going to be able, of course, to go back to. I mean, he was an extreme mountain biker, obviously. And the first five minutes, good Lord, it is hard to make me really uncomfortable. like mm. it I don't get offended easily. I don't get really grossed out or freaked out easily. That was rough, though, because he was he was at this um, competition. So they were filming the competition and he had GoPro on. And and in the first five minutes or so, they showed footage of him on like some practice jumps and just kind of. And with the GoPro, it's fucking terrifying because he is high up on the mountain. So it's terrifying just to watch. And then, you know what you're getting into, because you know what the documentary is yeah. about, you know there's going to be a horrible accident, so they really kind of uh, uh, put you in this really awkward, awful position. I'm They're... not afraid of heights either. I know you're kind of afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't know that you could handle seeing the GoPro footage. That no, had. I'm not.
1: Like, I was the other weekend watching um, MMA fights where people got injured. Mm-hmm. Um. That's always entertaining, but I it started because I wanted to see, I was with somebody who hadn't seen the fight where Anderson Silva, Silva broke his lower <laughs> leg on Chris mm-hmm. Weidman's uh, body, wow. which, yeah. that's a good one, um, but then more recently, Ain't there was, there was a fight, and I can't, I don't know the name of the guy, but it busted his lip open, and the shot, if you slow it down, you can see his lip just kind of like, pop off his face I mean because wow. it just like separates it and then he's like sitting there smiling and there's this just giant g- just gash where his lip is just separated from the rest of his
0: face it is disgusting one of the most horrifying injuries I remember seeing was maybe oh eight or ten years ago um it was during it I'm pretty sure it was during March Madness. It was definitely a college basketball game. I know what you're talking about. And this kid landed on one leg just wrong and snapped. I mean, just the nastiest snap ever. It was... It was compound, too, right? Yeah. 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 And, and, and all he did was land, funny. Yep. Which was the other thing that was really interesting, too, about this documentary and and, and in talking to the people who had been injured. Uh, there was a woman who, during her second child's birth, the anesthesiologist just fucked up her epidural and burned right through her spinal cord. Fun! Um, yeah, there was somebody who fell out a window. There was one guy who, he was a teenager at the time, and I, I, he lived on a coast somewhere, I assume, and he, well, always went out surfing, and he even said, he was like, usually I go surfing by myself. This one day I brought friends along. I'm sure that's the only reason he even survived. Um, There were a couple of car accidents. There was a guy who, when he was like two years old, he got hit by a car. So, you know, he had been dealing with this pretty much his whole life. There was another BMX rider. Um, Yeah, it was was really interesting to hear what all can happen. There was a guy who was playing basketball. I think he was in high school. Um, And he just got hit, went down funny. He said he made the layup. um, Well, great two points broke his back (laughs) so it's human bodies are really terrifying
1: it's so fragile if you think about it um i am always fascinated by how they heal themselves so like uh you get a bruise and there's blood under your skin and your body just fucking reabsorbs that shit it's insane well, it's um, not just
0: that it reabsorbs it. I mean, the whole reason why the bruise forms is because it's sending all of those cells to that spot to create so, that inflammation to actually spark it healing. Healed.
1: Yeah, it's just its amazing to me the way that a body heals. Um, yeah, so, man, I, that all this talk of injuries and broken things, and I was thinking of that, um, which I don't think I've seen it all the way through, but 127 hours with James Franco, yeah. the guy has to saw off his own arm what the fucking fuck, man? Would you yeah, do I that? Guess. Would you do that? If you had to, could you do it?
0: I would like to say I could. I I don't know. And I don't think anybody does know unless Until they're there in that like situation. That. And, yeah. So hopefully you're not.
1: I mean, if your choice is to. Position. I think he is the exception. I think most people would have just died in there.
0: I think it's entirely possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: 'Cause what did he use to cut it off?
0: Oh, it was like a pocket knife or something. I mean it wasn't <laughs> I don't know that it was literally a pocket knife, but it was it was a small how do you knife? saw
1: through your own fucking bone?
0: Slowly. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, yeah. Uh so the only other person I really wanted to mention in this uh the guy who plays Kabebe. yeah Michael Kenneth Williams I don't think I know him you don't so you you, did you recognize him even Uh, you know maybe I did so he's from the wire which is still on my list and and I think I've had it I've had it on my list for years and haven't actually gotten started with it and I was going to that was going to be one of my quarantines that I was gonna watch and still haven't done it but it's it's there it's gonna happen what I know him most from Boardwalk Empire He's chalky white he is the best chalky thing. white chalky white <laughs> that's his name he's a gangster and he is dude he is amazing there is there is one episode in particular where uh, it's a, a one of the most violent scenes that I think I've ever seen not even just on television but television movies um, th- that he's he's in and it's haunting amazing and haunting and obviously not you know he's a good actor (laughs) i Mm -hmm. mean he really was he's really good in it it's just that scene in particular fuck it it can fuck you up for sure um but i wanted to give him that shout out because every time i see him i get super pumped because (laughs) i just i love boardwalk empire and and chalky white he's the fucking best and it is weird to every time i see him that's all i can think about is like gangsta (laughs) Can't I can't really see him. It'll be interesting when I finally do watch The Wire to see if I can see him as anyone else. He's in this new film that just came out, um Arkansas. Written
1: by Clark Duke. You know Clark Duke. Uh, uh no. Maybe you would recognize him. He was Oh the in... little guy, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. He was in Hot Tub Time Machine. Exactly. Yes. And uh, uh, who, who did he play? Was he? I'm dying
0: up here. He's he's in so, dying. Yes. Yes. So fucking good, and I'm dying up here. He's yes. not
1: the he's not the little guy though. He's the goofy guy with the chubby face and glasses.
0: That's what I mean by. Little yeah. Guy.
1: Okay. Okay. I feel, I feel like the other
0: guy in he I'm well. guy, is the littler guy. I guess he is really shorter short. guy. Yeah. yeah. But in fairness to him, I can't remember his name even though obviously I know him. But it, uh... in fairness to him, he had a lot of scenes with uh that giant also
1: (laughs) that's michael Angarano, who i i do really like um eddie and ron (laughs) yes but he's also uh, clark duke also was in the office he played one of the interns
0: but what were the interns names that they gave him nicknames yeah he was not plop the other one was plop who is also (laughs) who is also in uh, I'm dying up here, which is great because in I'm in that show. He is like, <laughs> he's like the hot guy, you know. I oh mean, he's, yeah, like, he's kind of hot. But every time I saw him, I could just think like, of plop. He's like dirty hot. Yeah, he's definitely like heroin like dirty heroin hot heroin hot, hot baby. I, I like the dirty hot though. So that's so why. That's, that's why I think this this Chris Evans is like peak Chris Evans too in yeah. Red Sea Diving Resort because he's dirty hot. Um, or uh, Snowpiercer too. The
1: other reason I am interested in Arkansas is because it's got Vince Vaughn, and damn it, if I don't just love that guy so I much. I would say have... I've I've
0: been in love with Vince Vaughn since Made. Made. Oh. Made is Made is really what did it for me. I don't
1: I don't know because I honestly haven't even seen Swingers all the way through. Oh, Leah, uh... but you've seen Clay Pigeons, right? Yes, I
0: have it on DVD.
1: <laughs> Good one. Um. But I'm trying to think of when I fell in love with him. I'm putting
0: swingers on the list, by the way, now. There you go. That's a little hot, bit of a heartbreak. And I haven't seen made. I'm putting them both on and we'll just decide
1: whenever. <laughs> I don't know when I did fall in love with him, but I've loved him for a long time. And Heart, 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 Vince Vaughn. He's so much fun.
0: Yeah, no, he's great.
1: All right. Anything else
0: you want to talk about? Um I I don't know. I mean, I guess I feel like I feel like I want to tell everybody to go watch Argo. <laughs> 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 you should definitely watch Argo. You should watch uh 7 Days in Ntembe. You should watch um Hotel Rwanda. You should watch Last King of Scotland. Fuck, you should watch Last King of Scotland. And obviously, not all of those are necessarily in the same exact vein as this, but they are somewhat similar to it. Um, again, like I said, I, I, which I just keep repeating myself, you know. But this is, this is kind of a way to ease people into a historical docudrama in a way is what it feels like. So, so if anybody has seen this, you've seen it. And now you can go and actually watch, like, the really good movies. Or, and here's another thing you could do. I don't know if people are aware of this, but you could also read. (laughs) Reading. Yes, if you're curious about the plight of beta israel if you are curious about uh ethiopian jews and and where they came from and how they began and what is happening with them now if you are curious about uh operation moses and operation joshua uh, you know i would encourage you to actually look into it and read if you are curious about Mossad, there are a fuck ton of Honestly, there are some really good movies about different Mossad operations too. What was uh Munich? Munich is on our list too. Is okay, Munich Munich? Yeah, Munich is on up. the list. Eric Bana. No, I a,
1: haven't seen Munich's,
0: it. yeah, a, a, definitely a great movie too. Um, yeah, I, I I feel like again this is almost like the popcorn version of some of those films, which is fine if that's what that's what it is. Um, but I would encourage everybody to watch some of those great movies too that kind of fall in the same you know bit of spy thriller historical um perhaps somewhat historically fictionalized but
1: do you think that chris evans thought he was making another argo or another munich when he signed on for this
0: i don't know i don't know i don't know if he thinks that way like he doesn't I, obviously, I don't know him, but i he doesn't seem at, like he takes himself super, super seriously. So I don't know if he's the kind of guy who would get involved with a movie and automatically think like, this is going to be my masterpiece. He seems but, more like the kind of guy who just does the movies that he thinks would be good or fun or important in in his own, but mind. if he but if he did
1: think that it was going to be the next Munich or the next Argo, I would hope that he would have at the point the point at which where they were having him, hang the seashells with the number of people saved, maybe realize, yeah, this probably isn't
0: going to be what this movie is. <laughs> it's probably... Again, I like having that juxtaposition, though. I, I just don't think that... I, I think turning turning a historical event that lasted years upon years and had years of planning beforehand and years of additional operations afterhand and turning it into a two hour movie is going to be tough. And I think they did a decent job of doing it, but there was a lot that was really glossed over. Um, but I didn't mind that aspect of it, uh, having that, that juxtaposition of day to day, we're running a diving resort versus, you know, and then at night we're going to save people. Um, I just, it could have been done better, sure. But did you just say afterhand? Did I? I don't know.
1: You did. You said beforehand. Oh, and then beforehand and <laughs> you afterhand? You said afterhand.
0: Well, then, yes, I did say that. Because there's the before, <laughs> Leah, there's the beforehand. <laughs> and then there's the afterhand. And then hand. there's the afterhand, yes. That's,
1: Jesus. That, that is, what is.
0: Those are the hands uh, of time. Is that what it is? The hands of time? Yes, those are the hands of time. And that is how they work. The hands of time operate as before forehand and afterhand. You can think of it as if you look at a clock. Uh, which granted I am not good at clocks when they're not digital, but if you were to look at a clock. <laughs> <That's
1: fucking serious>. <laughs> <laughs> Here you're bitching about people who don't realize that you can become a paraplegic or a quadriplegic you aren't born that way but then you tell me you can't read an analog clock <laughs> I, can't. I can't tell time. i can't it just takes me a minute because i you have stick to go that, you sick that week in elementary school <laughs> i have
0: to go five
1: ten no you do not <laughs> no, stop stop i'm gonna say a number on the clock and i want you to tell me how many minutes it represents you ready no you can't just immediately have to say it. i'm gonna say the number you ready you ready seven nope nope too long you <laughs> just take the number and multiply it by five but you've done it there's only tw- 12, numbers!
0: 12 numbers you should yeah. have it memorized it's 2020 <laughs> I, mean, I don't need to see a fucking analog clock come on it cracks me up that there are people i've seen people who like set their fitbit background to like an analog clock and all I can think is, what the <laughs> hell are you doing log?
1: This is the digital age. You know, I do have a problem with sometimes the small hand. Because this doesn't have numbers on it, so I have to think a little bit
0: sometimes. That's wh- that's what I mean. Like you got <laughs> it's not like I don't know <laughs> the specific, like I know <laughs> I know when when we're at a ninety degree angle, obviously we're at a fifteen <laughs> <long> <laughs>
1: reason to doubt your intelligence before but this (laughs) is just really confusing me I I'm worried now I'm worried that I don't really know you and it's scaring
0: me (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) it's funny like I I want you to know that as a small child before bed every night I had these stickers of numbers that were like on my wall I I don't know why I have no idea where they came from but I put stickers of different numbers on the wall and I would practice my times tables when I was like s- five six seven years old okay so I'm not stupid per se because I could do that but when I would go to school the next day <laughs> and they only had the giant analog clock up on the wall Couldn't tell. Couldn't tell I can't time. I can't say that I (laughs) knew what time it was, and I have distinct memories of like it was probably first. I would assume like first grade of having like the like cardboard cutout clock in front of you, and you know the teacher would tell you to like put the hands at a certain time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It was like fractions. You know, everybody hates fractions. It was like fractions with me. Fractions? I I don't know. Basic math never bothered me. Maybe it's, maybe it's the same kind of thing, because when I see fractions, I'm like, the fuck is that? Give me a decimal. <laughs> so it's, it's the same thing as analog versus digital <laughs> to really? me. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what to tell Interesting. you. Interesting. So, like, but you know
1: one half is 0.5. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I I know. Yes, I know. But that's why I, I want... I, want <laughs> I just want the decimal. And I think I honestly, like, general math, whatever, I... I I kind of rocked it once we got more into calculus, <laughs> so maybe that's it higher level. My, I'm, and of course by the time you get that far, you've got the calculator. You've got the calculator. You got to be thinking in decimals. Yeah. I keep hearing about Common Core math
1: and how, and I don't understand it. It's like a new way. It's like instead of memorizing times
0: tables, you draw. Like it's, I don't understand it. It does. It seems way more hard. I've me. not delved too deeply into it but the little the few things the few things that I've seen about it honestly have been like making fun of people our age who can't mm. figure it out <laughs> and uh it looks it looks nuts it's yeah just it stupid. looks stupid and and my
1: sister-in-law I was a math teacher and um she would always talk about how dumb it was and then they they had to teach the kids that way which I think is ignorant like if you, there's the curriculum and then there's just
0: teaching kids like you should teach them however it works well, sure, but I also don't, I don't get it. Like, why can't you just show somebody how it is and then they figure out how it is? It's it's like coming up with uh, different sayings to try to f- to figure out. Like, like to this day, I have memorized Kingdom Final Class Order Family Genus Species. Yeah, I don't have that. Because memory. you can just memorize Kingdom Final Class Order Family Genus Species. I don't need to, like, make up some bizarre right. saying about kings doing this or that. Or, like, Roy Biv. I never got, like, I, I understand Roy but I never really got it why you would need to do that. Why can't you just memorize the colors? I don't
1: I'll never not. When we're talking about planets, I I had the thing memorized. But really, I just know the order of the planets. Just I know it. It's rote. I'll never forget Zach Morris being like, Maven snap! And then reciting off the planets.
0: <laughs> it's <just> ridiculous. <laughs> um, that being said, and this is perhaps akin to an analog clock. Yes. But I have no idea, no concept of directions. Oh. I tend to assume like any any place in front of I am true north is how I feel. <laughs> wherever so, you are facing that wherever is. Wherever I am facing. <laughs> wherever I'm facing is north. And then and I still to this day will do never eat shredded wheat. <laughs> To figure it out, (laughs) or the other way that I remember, so awful. North and south. I just picture I just picture a U.S. map. Sure. You got the East Coast and the West Coast, and then you got the North and South divided. (laughs) Every strategy. It's funny because these things that you're talking about, telling time, directions,
1: those are the things you need to function in life, to get around, to like live your life.
0: I make it work. Yeah. Do you know how I, mean, I make it work? It's the digital age, it Leah. Is.
1: You don't need to know which directions. You just play. Your car will probably tell you. Your probably, car probably has a compass. Yeah.
0: And let me tell you something. If you give me directions and you start spouting off north, south, or east, or west, <laughs> I'm not leaving the fucking house. I'm just going to be like, you obviously don't want me to show up. So i will just it around <laughs> and going home. And truth be told, I just want to get this out there because I just said that I can't tell directions. And that's true. But... I know where I am and I know how to get from point A to point B. Whereas when we're in the car together, you're like looking at your maps the whole time. You have no clue where you are. You're just relying on this woman to tell you when to turn, where to go. I pay attention so I can actually get in and out of places
1: it is kind of funny though how many times have we driven to the improv shop together and I still think we have to think real hard about what exit it is every single time like it's every because of the time. street name it's the street name <laughs> it's, Van it's Van Deventer but every time I'm like is it Van Deventer are course, we that's sure that's what I mean it's something about like
0: because you know, like Forest Park Avenue is down there and then there's Van Deventer, and then there's there are a couple of others that in my mind are like almost the same street so I can never (laughs) quite remember which is which but once I see it I'm good yeah and they're really close together at
1: that point too but uh speaking of the improv shop I'm really excited for it to open back up again and I I don't think they're doing shows right now but I would maybe they are
0: I don't believe they are right now
1: but watching Middle Ditch and Schwartz on uh Netflix made me miss that stuff so I can't wait to get back to it
0: I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard finishing the writing workshop. And knowing I had, I mean, I enjoyed it, but really, I want to, I really want to do the storytelling again. I really want to get back up on stage and actually be on stage. (laughs) So, and I had thought when I first signed up for the writing workshop, this is a step in the right direction. And then the next time that we have another storytelling workshop, it'll be great because I'll have been able to kind of actually create some some stuff and then be able to take it up on stage and now who knows when it's going to happen next but well you can just record it and put it on social media I don't really do social media though because gross
1: it's not as fun as doing it live I mean it's standing up in front of a live audience is something that you're not going to be able to replicate by recording and posting or even live streaming it's just not the same yeah exactly but acting performing improvisation all right. So
0: anyway, obviously we veered way far off it's as fine. per usual. You know, it's it's fine. It's fine. You, you it's... learned some things about me today. That's fine. <laughs> that you know, I'm
1: not getting no judgments. You shouldn't be ashamed of who you are.
0: Lies, you said. <laughs> you said you were doubting my intelligence. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean I you're
0: uh, the fundamentals seem you seem to just skip right over the fundamentals. <laughs> I didn't really, you know what's funny too? I did I didn't I never really crawled either. Mm, I went straight from like not moving to walking. So yeah, I do skip fundamentals apparently. <laughs> Good for you. I crawled oh i'm so so
1: great (laughs) i'm so remedial (laughs) yeah
0: exactly you're still telling time with like hands like the beforehand (laughs) and the afterhand and shit
1: (laughs) i know what left and right are i don't have to hold up my hand and be like l is for left
0: Uh." Mm -hmm. i don't either but when i was a kid i always i had to like um pretend to write You know, like when you're first kind of learning to figure it out. Okay. That was my thing. I never did like the L for left handed. But you know,
1: you're a right handed person, so. Yeah. Yeah. And if I
0: pretended to write, that's my right. That was my, I guess.
1: If you were a left handed person, I don't know if we could be friends. You're friends with Ty. He's left handed.
0: Are we friends? (laughs) I thought so. Maybe not. I'm just saying. I'm a little worried you're not going to be my friend anymore now because I can't (laughs) tell time. So I don't know. I'm cutting you off. Not until
1: you can learn to tell time with an analog clock. Leah,
0: right now, you're my true north. (laughs)
1: Because
0: you're facing
1: me. Because I'm in front of you. You're in front of me right now. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time. Yeah. Yeah. Later. All right. Bye people. Bye. The movie Hey people, this is Leah. I I realized that I said an historical event in that episode, and I am I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that I said that. If I could go back in time and undo it, I would. I hate I hate an historical. I should have said a historical. And um yeah, I'll never, I can't live with myself this week. So, um, I apologize profusely for that. I hope you enjoyed that episode next week. Very exciting news. Our dear friend, our queen Melissa powers is joining us to discuss Mandy 2018's Mandy starring everyone's favorite Nicholas cage. So, uh, buckle in, uh, hold on to your, hold on to your butts, because uh, that one's coming for you. We had a lot of fun talking about that one. So um, in the meantime, wherever you are listening, please subscribe, rate us, and give us reviews on Apple Podcasts wherever you are listening. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please res- uh, rate us and leave us a review. We want to hear from you, whether you loved it or hated it or whatever it. And uh, find us on Twitter at MovieVirginsPod. We're there. So anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll... Catch you on the flip side. One last thing, the music in this episode was written and performed by Melissa Powers.
0: It's the movie, The fucking movie,